All right, so we're going to take, uh, before the message, we're going to take our second offering today. If you weren't able to give towards um, the building project in Cambodia, <clears throat> as of right now, we have food sale totals and also uh, what one of the classes raised, raised through uh, food and also giving. Grace sold $864 today, and Crosspoint was $614. They were second. Teens were $262, Spanish $207. Let's give those classes a hand. And then, through giving and food sales, I don't have all the totals for Brother Board's building campaign, but through all the food and, and, and uh Offering the Pacific class raised close to $8,000. So let's give them a big hand. <clears throat> you say, man, I don't want the Pacific class to give more. Okay, we're going to take an offering right now. Come on down, guys. All this money is going to uh, their building projects in there in Phnom Penh. I think they're doing one for one of the missions from one of the village churches, uh, and then the others for uh, an educational wing for their ministry there in Phnom Penh. So let's pray and we'll take this offering. Father, thank you again. A wonderful, wonderful day in a very generous church. We give, Lord, towards our church and we're willing to give towards getting the gospel out on the other side of the world. And I pray that you bless this offering and use the, whatever money has come in um, to help them to get the building done so they can win more souls for Christ in Cambodia. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. We're going to be in John chapter 6. Now, <clears throat> I know it's been a long day. Many of you were here early, and uh, you're tired. How many of you are tired? How many of you ate too much? How many of you ate too much and you're tired? Those two go together, okay? That's how that works. So I won't be long tonight, and I know that whenever a pastor says, oh, I'm not going to be long tonight, you're like, okay, fasten your seatbelts. We'll see you in the morning. Not going to be like that. I just want to share a thought. Of course, we've been going through a series <clears throat> on Sunday night Basically, now is not the time to quit. And we've been looking at some things, if we're not careful, that would <coughs> cause us as Christians to maybe step away from our faith, to maybe get away from loving God and serving Him the way that we should. Uh, tonight, I want to look at something from John chapter 6 here. I think that'll help us. When something bad happens, <coughs> almost always, you can look, and there were signs pointing to the fact that, that whatever bad happened was going to happen, right? We just didn't pay attention to it. We all know about the space shuttle, uh, the space shuttle in 1986, the Challenger. There was a guy named Bob Ebling. He worked, he was one of the, he was one of the engineer, rocket engineers there. And because of the cold temperatures, he had a lot of concerns that, that 
what did happen was going to happen. And in fact, days up until the uh, shuttle actually took off, they scrubbed the launch a couple times, he was pleading with them not to go if the, if the temperature was under a certain degree. And yet they wouldn't listen to him. He came in, he brought all the data. He had everything to show that this is a legitimate possibility and is probably going to happen if you launch under uh, the temperature that they were going to launch. His daughter worked with him and, and uh, she would carpool with him. And she said the day of the launch, as they were driving in, he was banging on the, on the front of the car saying, they just won't listen. Him and his daughter sat there and watched the space shuttle take off. And for the first minute, everything looked fine. And he looked at his daughter and said, it's not over yet. And we know what happened. It blew up. He spent the, pretty much the rest of his life with regret that he could not stop them from launching, even though he saw all the signs that it was going to happen. A lot of times, that's how things in life are. We see <coughs> events that come in our life or things that happen and we've blown through the signs. We have not paid attention to the fact that there were things telling us if we're not careful, this is going to happen. And when we think about the subject we've had at hand, people that have gotten away from God or walked away from God, backed up in their faith, do you know there's usually signs that come with that? And so we're going to look in John chapter 6. <coughs> in chapter 6, Christ <coughs> gave his discourse on the bread of life. He had people that were following, people that, that, I don't know if they were all believers, but they liked him, and they, they, you know, they heard about him, and these huge crowds followed him, and they heard him out as he teached. But as he was teaching, he was telling them some truths that, that, that as they thought through, through life in a Jewish sense, that they really did not want to hear. It's like that verse in the book of Galatians where Paul told the Galatians church, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And so, as you saw there, a lot of people saw that and they did, not, they did not really buy into it. And many of them, as we saw, it says that they followed him, that they, they left him, they quit following him. That day they heard truth and they're like, you know what? I can't buy into this. And they walked away. It was so bad that he even had to look at his disciples and say, hey, are you guys going to walk away also? Are you guys leaving? Now remember how they promised, even at the end, that, no, Jesus, we will never leave you. We'll never forsake you. And, and when you're arrested and he told about his arrest, they're like, nope, everybody else may, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you. But yet some of them even walked away. But there were signs pointing to the fact that some of them would walk away. As we see those that walked away from him that day, we can see some warning signs that tell us you know, am I, I guess, the, the, am I on the outs? Am, am I starting to, to, to walk on shaky ground to where if I'm not careful, I may quit following the Lord? I don't think any of us want to do that, by the way. But for every person in life that has done that, <coughs> and by the way, you say, well, pastor, why would people do that? I don't know, but if you look throughout the Bible, people in the Bible did the same thing. But usually there are some things that they didn't look at. There were certain things in their Bible, in their life that, they, that they, they weren't careful with. Here's the message. How to know when you may be on the go. 
And I want to show you three warning signs very briefly tonight that we need to look at and think about or else we may end up away from God when I'm sure you wouldn't even be here tonight if you didn't want to be closer to God. Here are three warning signs. First of all is this. We quit <coughs> receiving. By the way, it almost always will go back to that. Look at verse 60. <coughs> After he gives this discourse telling who he really was, some of the people didn't like it. So in verse 60, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? They're like, man, that was, that was like front and center. That, not that Jesus was being mean-spirited. That's not what they're talking about. When they're saying this is a hard saying, they're saying that truth is hard to deal with. And that led many of them to walk away. But think about it. <coughs> Why would it be a hard saying? Well, truth is always hard to receive it. And we as humans don't like the truth. Sometimes we just don't want to hear it. I've had people come to my office like, can I talk about something? I want to talk and they'll tell me something and, and, and sometimes it depends on how I know them. I'm like, okay, so what do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you something cute or do you really want me to tell you the truth? Now, if you want something cute, let's just not waste our time. But sometimes we need to hear the truth. And it goes against us. By the way, if all we want to hear is something that doesn't go against who we are and our flesh is naturally bent towards doing wrong, then how are we ever going to do right? We have to hear the truth. We struggle with that. We, if we don't come to the pages of the scriptures, if we don't come to the preaching of the truth from the scripture, willing to receive a truth from God whether or not we like it, we put ourselves in a dangerous position. Now, we're not talking about someone's philosophies. We're not talking about somebody's opinions. We're talking about a truth that is clearly stated and clearly in the Bible. If we're not willing to say, hey, look, if God said it and it's in there and it's true, I'm going to hear it whether it goes against my lifestyle, whether it goes against my current way of thinking or not. Right? Isn't the goal to come to hear the truth so that the truth can work in us and make us what God wants us to be? And yet we shut it down. We don't want to hear it. <clears throat> the fact of the matter is this. When it comes to the rock-solid truths of the Bible, we really don't have an option as to whether or not we should receive it. Now, now God gives us free will, Right? So we can choose to not want to listen to it. We can choose to ignore it. We can choose to neglect it. But that's not really the option that he gives us. When God gives it to us, the only real option we have is to do it. And if we don't, then that is called disobedience. But we don't like truth. It goes against our, our life. And so what we try to do sometimes, we try to shut out anything. That goes against what we've already formulated and decided in our mind. Uh, many years ago, I was reading a book, and a guy, uh, a famous scientist said in this, <coughs> he was quoting this scientist. He said, this scientist said, I do not know any scientist who believe that there is a creator. And the guy he told it to named off to him several scientists that believe that there is a creator. 
And he said, oh, oh, if they don't believe in evolution, I don't believe they're a real scientist. Isn't that cute? You know what they call that? That's circular reasoning. Well, I don't know anybody. Well, here's someone we, well, no, I don't consider them. You know why? Because we cut that option out. And that's what we do. We cut it out. If I don't like it or I don't, it's not something that I want to do, I'm just not going to receive it. I'm going to push it out of my mind. How does that happen? Well, first of all, we stop hearing. They said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? They're like, no one can get this. <coughs> no one wants to hear that. No one wants to listen to that, so why would you even say it? We don't want to hear it. Why is it that we struggle to hear the truth? Well, because it goes against our flesh, right? Look, if you <coughs> got saved a little later in life, and you came in from a lifestyle that was, or you came in as a non-Christian and now you're a Christian, you're going to hear something that's different than how you grew up. You're going to hear something different than, than what you used to believe before, right? How many of you understand that, right? You come to church and it's like, you know, I mean, I used to sit there and I'm like, wow, he really believes that stuff. And then he showed it for me from the Bible. I'm like, okay, there it is. We got to run with that. But our flesh doesn't like it. I get it. I remember before I got right with God, I, was, <clears throat> I, I went to a service. My brother was going to church. And he's like, come on, come to church with me that Sunday. I didn't want to go. I remember sitting there, and Brother Black was preaching, and he was, he was going to town. And, man, I was bothered by it. And I'm like, I can't wait till he gets done. I'm out of here. Not that I didn't believe what he said. I just didn't want it. It bothered me. And I wasn't willing to listen to it. I'm like, this guy needs to get done. I got to go. Now, later on, when I got right with God, I couldn't wait to learn from the Bible. And so do we want to hear it? By the way, there's a danger place when we don't want to hear it, right? The Bible says in Proverbs <coughs> 29, he that being oft reproved, that means he's hearing something that's going against how the, his lifestyle at that time, hardeneth his neck, says, I don't want to listen shall suddenly be destroyed in that without remedy. See, the problem is when we hear the truth but we reject the truth, we're usually going to get ourselves in trouble because that's what keeps us away from trouble. Right? That's I hear. Don't go down there. There's danger down that way, and you go anyhow. So we got to be very careful. We don't like it. It goes against our flesh. It goes against our society. Everything, well, it's like I go to church and I hear one thing, but, you know, when I'm in my car and I'm listening to radio, I'm like, all that, I hear something completely different. I know. Because one is the truth of Scripture. The other is what a world that runs without the truth of God is telling you. We buy into it. And when we buy into that, <coughs> the natural consequence is going to be the consequence of all disobedience. And so we, we don't learn. Here's another danger. We start griping, right? Verse 61, what, did Jesus, what happened? <clears throat> when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. You know, you know, how, you know they were like getting to the side like, can, can you? They were there in the crowd and they heard him saying like, can you believe he actually said that? Right? Can, can you know? People have told me before, like, you actually said that in church? I'm like, well, where else should I say it? Right? I mean, if it's in the Bible, I mean, we kind of got to go with it, don't we? I mean, you say, well, I just want to hear something, you know, cute and fancy. That's great. Go somewhere where they give that. 
<coughs> I want to just, I want to hear the truth. I don't want to be entertained. But they started to gripe. Hey, you know, it's, um, you know, but those church people, they're kind of weird. And what is that whole thing about? And by the way, I'll tell you this. Church people are weird. All people are weird, right? Okay. We're, we're, we're all just, but it's not about that. It's about what is the truth? By the way, be careful when people start to, to gripe and complain. I mean, I, I miss you often. Social media is just a cesspool. You can say anything good and positive on social media, and people will find a way to twist it. How, how many I'm talking about? It's like, <laughs> especially when it comes to Christianity, they'll cherry pick a little phrase or a little something, and they won't tell the whole story. By the way, you know, some of you that have been around a while, you know what those sites are. You should be careful about that. Because those people don't tell you what church they go to. They don't tell you what they listen to. They don't tell you what kind of Christianity they have. You know why? Because they don't want you to know. They just want to nitpick. Like, look, if I don't like something, I'm just, I won't be a part of it. Okay? Just have a good time with what you're doing. I'm just going to do what I'm going to be doing. But see, we always feel if we disagree with something, <coughs> and it's, it's a human thing, by the way. I'm not, we have to nitpick at it. Have you ever noticed that? Because it makes us feel better about ourselves. And so be very careful about that. <coughs> People like to complain and gripe. And then lastly, if we're not careful, we get offended. Verse 61, <coughs> Jesus looked at his disciples. He knew they were murmuring. He said, does, does, does this offend you? Are you having a problem with this? By the way, I love that verse in the Bible, right? Great peace have they which love thy law and... Nothing shall offend them, offend you. Why? You know, you know what happens when we're offended? Now look, this is our society in a nutshell. We can't just hear something we disagree with and say, I disagree with it. Go ahead. You run with that and I'll run with whatever I want to run with, right? I mean, you offended me because of what you believe. It's like, I, what do you want me to do? Change what I believe because you don't believe that way? Why would we get offended at something? If you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. But you get mad because someone else does believe it. I'll never understand that. So the only time we don't get upset is if somebody believes 100% like me. How many of you know somebody in every single area of life believes 100% like you? Raise your hand. Exactly. It's not going to happen. But we get offended. Now, we get offended at the truth. We don't want to hear it. Well, I can't believe that. If it's in the Bible, we don't have that option. But they get offended. He says, look, are you guys, is this going to offend you too? You, you don't want to hear it? Then we lack faith. Look, it's verse 64. <clears throat> but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who believed and who should betray him, speaking of Judas. They didn't truly, truly believe. And by the way, I will say this, I believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. But uh, let me just say this, and I never <coughs> try to talk people out of whether or not they're saved, but if we have a real problem with the truth of the scripture, we might want to make sure we are saved. We may not understand everything in the scripture, but when we're saved, we ought to have a desire to find out what the scriptures say. And there were some of them just nitpicking. 
Now, for those of us that are saved, it's, it, it amazes me how that <coughs> we're okay with having enough faith to trust Jesus Christ for eternal life, but yet we don't have enough faith in what he says in the Bible to trust him on a daily level, right? I'll trust my eternal soul to Jesus, and yet we won't trust tomorrow to him. I'll never understand that. So we quit receiving. <coughs> Secondly, <coughs> we quit believing. Uh, we quit believing. So after all these people are, are, are walking away, they're leaving, Jesus is going to give a, a, a test to his key guys, his, the guys following him, right, the 12. Now we already know Judas is out there. but So he looks at them and says, okay, guys, what about you? Are you also going away? Now, they may not have understood everything. Could you imagine they had a revival meeting? And all these people are following, and next thing they turn around, and there's just them and Jesus. Everybody left. They're like, well, that didn't go very well. He's like, are you guys going to leave too? But I'll give them credit. <coughs> Although they, they may not have understood everything, they may not have uh, got what was going on, they stuck with them. They did have enough faith to believe in a few things. You know what they believed? Look at verse 68. Peter spoke up for them that where they were at was best. Then Simon Peter answered in verse 68. He's just like straightforward, like, Lord, to whom shall we go? Like, I, I may not understand everybody walking away. You may have been telling some really hard things, but I do know this. There's nowhere else to go. It is still best to be with you. By the way, let me ask you, do you really believe that? See? See, one way to tell that we might be out the door is we quit believing that living for Jesus and being with him is really the best way to live. See, we're willing to come to church. We're willing to occasionally crack the Bible open but in reality, you know what we want? We want to do our own thing. You know why <coughs> some people aren't 100% for Jesus? Let me just tell you why. In their heart, they really don't think that that would bring joy. They don't. Because if they did, how could we not give him everything? How could we, if we felt like the best way to where I want to get in life and get everything out of life that I, that, I, that I really want is to follow Jesus because he'll take me there. And we don't follow. Do you really believe that being with Jesus Christ is the best place to be? They believed it. <coughs> and they were willing to follow him. Not only that, they believed that the Bible is still the truth. Look at verse 68 again, the last phrase. He said, to whom shall we go? <coughs> Lord, you're the best option. You're the best place for us to be. Then he says this, thou hast the words of eternal life. He said, you're the only one that has that truth. And so, uh, yeah, you may have said some things that got to us. You may have said some things that we thought, okay, I don't quite connect the dots yet. And, and, and man, people really didn't take that very well. But you know what? We know that your words are right. Do you understand? You don't have to have everything figured out just to follow what the Bible says. 
No, everything's got to make sense to me. Can I just tell you something? If everything's got to make sense to you before you take a step, that doesn't take any faith. It doesn't. If God came to you and said, I'm going to show you exactly how everything in your life is going to work out, and it's going to work out great, let me show it to you so you'll follow me, that doesn't take any faith. Because we know exactly how everything <coughs> is going to turn out. You know how, what takes faith? I don't know what tomorrow holds, but you know what? I know he knows best. I know he's the truth. I know he's got it, and I'm staying with him. That takes faith. And by the way, there's a, this, it's not blind faith. There's enough in the Bible for us to believe in to make those steps. But do you still believe the Bible is true? Because I'm just telling you, when you're out living your life on an everyday basis, all you're going to hear in our society, in our world, is nitpicking at things that the Bible says are true. Beliefs that the Bible teaches us. Common sense. And, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. They can't Look, why would you follow a society that can't figure out Who's a woman and who's a man? You, really? And you have trouble following the Bible. I mean, I figured that out like, like that. But we, we think the world knows everything. They're confused <coughs> if they're not following the truth of the scripture. I just want to stick with God. I believe that the Bible is true. And I also, as they believed, that they could trust him. Look at verse 69. <clears throat> and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. They said, you know what? You are the Messiah. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. They said, we believe that. Jesus said, all these things, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. They said, we believe that. Everything they said, they believed in who he was. They didn't look at how, what everybody else thought. They didn't look at those who were leaving. They looked at him. And then they believed that he was worthy. We believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Do you really believe in Jesus? I'm tired of really, <coughs> most of us want to be bumper sticker Christians. We'll wear the Jesus hat. We'll get the Jesus shirt. We'll put the Jesus bumper sticker. If you are that type that like it, you get the little Jesus Bible cover. That's all great. Nothing wrong with it. But when it push comes to shove, does he really have first place in your life? Is he really the one who you look to to determine how you live, to determine where you're going in life, and determine everything? The disciple, I'll give these guys credit, they did. And they were few and far between. And then lastly, <clears throat> we quit heeding. In other words, we quit we, we, we quit looking at the things that we, that, that, that we, we quit being uh, uh, discerning of some things that we should be discerning of. We talked a little bit about that this morning, right? Loving good and hating evil. But he quit heeding. There's some things they need that they, were, that they were able to look at and get through. They did not follow the wrong direction of the friends and people that were around them. Verse 66 says, and from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. By the way, these were people that they knew. These were people that they had met. And these people chose to leave. 
And then he says, are you going to go away? And they're like, no. We are not going to be influenced by other people to walk away from Christ. Now, it's okay to be influenced by people to walk towards Christ. But far too many of us are peer-driven. We are following people instead of following Jesus. Look, we all know, you can look, and it's nothing new, (coughs) people who one time were spiritual leaders, and they got away from God and maybe did things that weren't right, and I've met people who said, well, if that's what they do, I'm not going to follow Jesus. When we started the church, um, (coughs) we used to go out after church on Sunday nights, the first year, Pastor Esposito and I, on Sunday night, we would go out somewhere to eat. We'd sit down, and we were a brand new church, and we'd go through the church, and what happened, and how it went, and we like, okay, is there things we need to change? And we were trying to formulate what was going on and put together a plan and, and fix things. And we were at a, we were at a Denny's over here. <coughs> I don't even know if it's here. It used to be on 6th and um, Long Beach Boulevard. And we were sitting there, and there was a girl <coughs> that was our waitress, and, um, and uh, she heard us talking, and she goes, what are you guys, Christians? And, and we told her we started a church. She goes, uh, are you, where are you from? And pastor told her we went to college. She goes, I went to college there and graduated. We're like, really? You know, Bible college? Yeah. He's like, what church do you go to? She goes, I don't, I don't go to church anymore. And we're like, he's like, why? She said, I, after I went to college, I was hired and I was working at a church, and that pastor left his family and ran off with the lady in the church. I'm not going to church anymore. Now, can I tell you something? That guy who left his wife and his family for another girl is an idiot. But I'm not going to quit serving Jesus because he was an idiot. That doesn't mean everybody else is. Okay? Uh, I'm following Christ. And by the way, if if we have that kind of philosophy, you know, someone in the church did wrong, I'm not going to church anymore, then I'm going to tell you you shouldn't read your Bible anymore. David... Not only committed adultery, he had the lady's husband killed. Nope, can't trust anybody in the Bible anymore. No. People are flawed. But Jesus isn't. And I'm not going to let anybody push me away from God. And I've had good friends that have walked away from God. I've had good things, friends that have done dumb things, and I'm like, it bothers me. But you know what? I can say this. Jesus has never let me down. And I'm not going to follow some other person. I'm just going to try to stick with Christ to the best of my ability. Don't let someone push you the wrong direction. And then lastly, maybe it's not the friends that are pushing you the wrong direction. Maybe it's our flesh. Look at verse 63. He kind of dropped a little truth in here. He said, it is a spirit that quickeneth. In other words, he says, the spirit brings us back to life. Right? When we're saved, our soul, which was dead in sin, the Holy Spirit brought it back to life. Now we have a spiritual life. Now we can be pushed the right direction. Now we can learn the truth. And then he says this, the flesh profiteth nothing. Right? We are spiritual people living in a sinful body. And our body is going to push us to go the wrong direction, but we have the Spirit of God, which has made us alive to God, which pushes us the right direction. And we can go that direction. But he says, the the flesh, that's not good. He goes, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit comes from the word of God and the spirit of God uses the word of God in our life. 
But our flesh always wants to do the wrong thing. By the way, that's why we struggle with truth. <coughs> there are things in our life or things that we have a natural uh, sinful desire to go towards and the truth says no, 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 and we don't like that. But we cannot follow it. We follow our flesh and we let our feelings take over. And it's, it's amazing what people have done over, you, you ever hear someone do, does these ridiculous things because of some little small thing and it bothered them, right? How many know I'm talking about? They'll, they'll commit crime. I heard a story several years ago in Maine in a church. Um, the people were drinking coffee and they started, and they started like, you know, this coffee tastes a little bitter and, and, and several of them started to get sick. And so they looked at it like someone figured out, quit drinking the coffee. They called the paramedics and all that in. Fifteen people got violently ill and one of them died. You know what happened? One of their church members <coughs> decided he wanted to buy a new Lord's Supper table for the church. And he bought it and the church people said, no, we don't want that one. We'll keep the old one. And he got mad. So he put arsenic in the coffee. By the way, he committed suicide later that day. He said, I, he, wrote, he left a note said, I wasn't trying to kill people. He goes, I just wanted to put a little in there so that they got sick at their stomach and they would feel how bad I felt when they didn't take my Lord's Supper table. Now that's worst case scenario. But how many of us, some little thing gets in our craw and we blow it up. And Satan uses that to push us away from God. That goes back to the verse about being offended. It's not worth being offended. Okay? By the way, can I just tell you something? <coughs> Sometimes people are going to treat you wrong. I know this. It doesn't do you any good to act ill towards them. It doesn't help. Well, I'll show them. And you're, at, you're, you're laying in bed at night, you're all like twisted in a knot, and they're sleeping pretty good. Look, let's just be Christians about this thing. But we have to be careful. There's all kinds of little things that come our way. And if we let our, our flesh take over, it makes small things big. And it's never intended to be. What's the point tonight? The point is this. <coughs> There'll be signs, if you're not careful, that point to, hey, if I'm not careful in this area, I'm going to start having spiritual struggles, right? You know, sometimes somebody does something horrific and Christians will say, uh, that brother fell into sin. No one falls into sin. It's a slow progression, right? So, somebody didn't just one day, they're, you know, they, they're reading their Bible and they're serving God. And all of a sudden, one day, it's like, I do something horrific. No, there's, there's things in the background that started showing, rearing its head, and they didn't deal with it, and they let it get a beach hold, and it cuts worse, and it gets worse, and now it's overtaking us like weeds. Get them at the beginning. Don't let them get overflowing. So here it is. How are we receiving the word of God? Are we struggling with that? Or are we open to say, God, if that's what you say, I want to know it, and I'm going to follow it. Are you starting to question and have a lack of faith and really believing that following God is the best course of action? And are you being careful about letting our flesh and other people push us away from God? So there's signs there. You say, Pastor, I think a couple of those areas I might. Why don't we get that settled? 
Why don't we get that resolved this evening? Let's stand together if we may tonight. <clears throat> every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a minute if we may. God gives us signs, and the signs are always there if we'll look. Am I starting to tread on dangerous ground? And by the way, <clears throat> I believe that if you're saved, you know if you're starting to struggle. You know it. You'll see the signs. Right? It's like, you know, you, you, sometimes, come on, sixth season comes. Sometimes you, you know when you're starting not to feel well. You know when things, what are you going to do about it? You ever seen those or heard those commercials? You know, here's the signs that you're having a heart attack, right? This starts to happen. And if you have any of these things happen, get help right away. Don't wait. Because there's always warning signs. Do you, are, are, you having, are you seeing any of these warning signs? You used to love the Bible. You used to love hearing it taught. You used to love all of it. And now you're a little thin-skinned about it. You used to think that serving God was the greatest thing in the world. Now it's like, yeah, I have to go to church on Sunday. I have to do this. It's starting to creep in. Why don't we work on that? We're human, by the way. That is going to creep in. That's why we fight it. The piano is going to play tonight. God spoke to you about anything. Why don't you come to this altar? So, Lord, I need to be very careful about what's going on in my life. Some of us, we're listening to people we shouldn't be listening to. They're being critical of Christianity, and you're, you're buying into it. You wouldn't if they weren't listening to them, but you're letting them get your ear. It might be too late. Why don't you listen to people that say, hey, serving God's the greatest thing I've ever done? <laughs>